Part 6 A recognition of the aforementioned belief in the impossible and nothingness becomes another heroic attempt at establishing contact with reality where I learn to stop hoping and fully embrace misanthropy. Kin awoke in their small satellite cot amidst gray walls with tacked up pictures of flowers and friends. They kept a dream journal because space dreams are extra fascinating. Presently they wrote down their dream from this period of rest. The raven finally landed in front of me this morning and dared to speak. I said I'd need a few minutes to wake up and offered the raven a glass of milk, a cup of coffee, of which the raven wanted both separate with the coffee on the right and the milk on the left and a glass of water in the center. I made a cup of coffee for myself and we sat down next to the old oak tree. The raven told me that my poetry was boring, too mystical and not enough roomy, too airy with nothing else. The raven told me I need more substance, more matter, more yoke, all glowing, glowing nourishment and life. I told the raven that criticism only helps those who have control, those that the ability to respond to the critique actively, and that I will probably never be able to oblige their critique without tearing away my very stubbornly stuck mask. Niels was relaxing down on earth next to a wood stove in Chum, Chun's humble shack. They were both just sitting there. Chun was drawing abstract pictures with the ball pen while Niels was just grinning about the heat of the stove and about the weirdness that was beginning to take over the psychic space of Joms and Kin. In the satellite, our two astronauts had decided that the being that contacted them on the radio was, in fact, real and could probably be contacted. It was definitely not one of the people down in the communications department trying to respond to Kin's cryptic transmissions. They still hadn't discussed the thoughts and dreams they were experiencing, but since the radio transmission was experienced collectively, they felt safe about going down that path together. In the confined quarters of the satellite, it would be challenging to hold a seance without the four other astronauts seeing, but they figured they could both skip a period of rest together while the other four dreamed, and therefore conduct their simple experiment. This is where we find them. The lights of the satellite are low. They have drawn a pentagram in chalk with flashlights at each point. They have sat silently for a while, focusing on their breath, and allowing their thoughts to drift away in order to obtain that flowing Gnostic space. Presently, Jones begins to intone words they are suddenly feeling come to the surface. Ask me, oh obscure being, why I hold nothing sacred, why I can toss the shattered body of my big thought thrower just right onto the grassless dirt of the moon where the elk skull was. 
ask me where compassion and value went, where shrines and effigies belong. Ask me melodiously like a cherubim, because I have to find the answer before it is too far gone, before I am too far gone, before I have to go through some contrived, coming-of-age decadent revelry. Ask me why I have such qualms with ceremony. I will just tell you that it is my fear, my ignorance, my stupid hesitancy. Drums was silent. Kin sang next. The simplest truth is too measly to be real, and the haunting blah 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 is just not true. It is beyond, beyond. Is myself too weak now? To do battle with these wiggly writhing conflagrations of astral invisibility. Palmeria, orange tabby through the window. Vengeance is just another form of oppression. There is no high ground. The only solution is an impossible shield. Everything succumbs. Our membranes are too permanent. And there's not enough lore from witches and druids anymore. Is our back so absurd that any half-baked spell would appease the powers enough to create the dawn of these simple rooms that calmly wait to be reunited with existence? There's just too many opportunities to flail. To fail, to drown, to starve, to be forgotten, to lack compassion, and have it come back to eat you. Right on cue, Nils appeased their wishes. Some static in the radio for effect, and voila. Escapist escaping escapism seeks portal to a dimension of boundless freedom for holy inspirations. Will you let me through? Joms and Kin, both softly and ecstatically exclaim, Yes, come as you are, dear one. Neil says rapidly, bunch of nonsense. Bring the epistemological flood what is born in the wake of nihilism. There has to be more than this absurdist epoch. It is just a survival tactic because everyone ought rightly be insane by now. Like laughter after a bomb goes off in a field of sunflowers covered in butterflies and honeybees. It's not exactly appropriate, but it is fitting. How about post-absurdist realism? Can we do that for a change? How will you go about embracing existence as it actually is? Or something? We all just want to feel fulfilled. How fulfillment is sought is what determines the fate of your planet, because yes, being a living being is actually that significant, regardless of form. This, I do not wish to be me fate, hallowed out for death I wait, rather quite the opposite is my wish, to be such as would be invited to Olympus. And all of you too, may no one be left low, may no one miss out on knowing the pinnacle. Obviously, this is where Nils cut the line of communication, squelching out the radio with a teasing high pitch of static to kind of shock jobs and kin. Nils 
grew more confident that everything was going to actually happen. This made Nils very happy. The two astronauts sat in amazement, trying to gather themselves to quietly allow for the latest transmission to settle in. They turned and looked at each other, asking without speaking, what be next? Part six is gonna be short because I think that our little cat just caught her first bounce. Oh my gosh, she's so excited. Stay tuned. know that because it's all been a contained as one audio file. It's really for me, I gotta say. This is part six, still. Some time had passed for Ken and Jones. They needed some space to work on the practical necessities of life as an astronaut of an international space station, but their minds did not rest. They both shared an unspoken understanding of what they had the ability to do floating around the Earth in circles at 17,140 miles per hour constantly. They just need, each needed to figure out how to do it well. They met after a while to discuss their next steps. Ken said, So, I'm pretty sure I could have our ship transmitting a message laced in a frequency 24-7 and that no one down there would have the slightest clue what was happening. All we would have to do is make sure to diminish our energy consumption in one aspect of the ship in order to compensate for the power consumption of the transmission, which should be relatively low. It is just very important we don't leave any trace that this is happening. I mean, I know they do stuff like this all the time, but is there even a statute for subconscious interference via satellite radio wave? Jom said, oh, we'll be fine. I trust your abilities. I've gathered phrases from my dreams that I think are either direct communications from the Holy One or, at the very least, interpretations. I have made from their messages. I trust them. I will figure out which aspect of our energy consumption we can diminish. Would you like to hear what I've got? Ken said, Sure, but if you consent, I'll probably just record it. I see no reason not to just send anything. I doubt it will make much difference. There's so much interference down there on our poor sphere. No one even has any real idea of what they are subjected to. It has been so strange up here. So utterly quiet. Jom said, Well, I'll record it then. But we ought to take this seriously. I mean, if it works, everything could change. Ken said, It is true, but generations have been seeking the magic sentences, and I'm sure some have found them. It's hard, Jom's. 
it's hard to have faith in anything. To me, this is a very small ripple in the pond. Jom said, well, here's our transmission then. I tried to keep it cryptic like the voice. I think it is helpful for it to be indirect, like the way we were spoken to. I think it makes our minds work on the puzzle, which gives us the power to find a solution, which strengthens us overall. Here. A recognition of the aforementioned belief in the impossible and nothingness, or another heroic attempt at establishing contact with reality, will leave us wondering, who is the true alien in this relationship? It is certainly dubious to be certain, yet it certainly must be the ones who have lost touch by birthright or by practice. Colorful explosions, the undertone, the unspoken is what matters most. The laudanum within a niche community, the bylaws, fuck the world. We do what we want, and no matter how it looks, it is ours to do. Watch out who gets robbed, and watch out why. Colorful display, the pretty lights, the noise, the phosphor smoke, the ancient yips, all these subtleties of acts of rebellion. Government-funded drones swarm on an accidental fire. No one stops. No one concerned. All are used to these idiots who act by submissions, their will given up, their souls signed away. At least they provide a contrast to expose some semblance of true freedom. If, we're, if it were at all possible to find such a thing. Nothing is necessary, everything is permitted, finite yet unbounded, simple, what is happening is what is happening. It takes a poet to confirm it cryptically, too challenging to believe in such a beauty. Go and seek it, I suppose, ye loafers. The point is not to take medicine because it is there, but to take medicine because it is needed. The point is to live in the hinterlands of the mind, to find a true purpose in one's actions beyond the hedonist pursuit of luxury for luxury's sake. These just aren't those times. The point is endeavoring toward contact with reality again. Though the language be alien, the senses are still one with the cosmic whole, and it remains accepting of our trespassing with little regard for the native tongue. Kin said, I want to add something. The point is to see beyond the bark and structure, the veins of annual wood, to move past the scientific definitions of complex interactions reduced to chemical reactions. Formula after formula, nothing was discovered. Jom said, I like that. It feels like a good start, honestly. Kin said, I agree. Now I will get to the rearranging of the audio. I was thinking of lacing it into a low hum of 432 hertz, which is the frequency of the earth, and then looping our voices at 120 beats per minute, because that is the most popular tempo everywhere, and I figure it will be easiest for their minds to digest, like cheap cereal. Jom said, cool, this is very exciting. I thought my work as a writer couldn't possibly impact so many people. I mean, 
they have to read in order to be affected, and even then, it is so hard to write the things down in a way that the connections are made. Furthermore, who am I? But now, with the totally freaky strings of cerebral connections made by that voice, I feel excited is all. Kin said, Well, this is just our first go. I didn't expect too much. Maybe there will be some discernible impact, but I doubt it. I'm going to get to work squashing and reverbing and squelching down our voices until they appear to be no more than a complex seeming wisp of the wind. That concludes part six. Or does it?